This week on Paranormally Speaking. Hey, this is Neil Parks. I'm your host for Paranormally Speaking. I'll be discussing the Pennsylvania UFO crash, very similar to the Roswell, New Mexico UFO crash. This one happened in 1965, and uh, I believe it's called Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, the UFO incident. It was December the 9th, 1965. Uh, it occurred at Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, when a fireball was reported by citizens of six U.S. states and Canada over Detroit, Michigan, and Windsor, and Ontario. Astronomers said it was likely to have been a meteor belied burning up in the atmosphere and descending at a steep angle. NASA released a statement in 2005 reporting that experts had examined fragments from the area and determined they were from a Soviet satellite. But that records of those findings were lost in 1987. NASA responded to court orders and Freedom of Information Act requests to search for the records. The incident gained wide notoriety in popular culture and UFOlogy with speculation ranging from extraterrestrial craft to debris from the Soviet space probe Cosmos 96, and is often referred to as Pennsylvania's Roswell incident. There's a model depicting the alleged crash object originally created for the show Unsolved Mysteries and put on display near the Kecksburg fire station. More on that incident to come, but here's a quick commercial break. Thank you so much for joining me. Now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now number one for podcasting. And now we're back to talk more about the Kegsberg UFO incident. As I said before the commercial break, on the evening of December 9th, 1965, a large, brilliant fireball was seen in at least six U.S. states and Ontario, Canada, as it streaked over the Detroit, Michigan, Windsor, Ontario area, reports of hot metal debris over Michigan and northern Ohio, grass fires and sonic booms in the Pittsburgh metropolitan area were attributed to the fireball. Some people in the village of Kecksburg, about 30 miles southeast of Pittsburgh, reported that something from the sky had crashed in the woods. Wisps of blue smoke, vibrations, and a heavy and loud thump. An early story in the Greensburg Tribune Review stated the following. The area where the object landed was immediately sealed off on the order of the U.S. Army and State Police. Reportedly, in anticipation of a close inspection of whatever may have fallen, State Police officials there ordered the area roped off to await the expected arrival of both the U.S. Army engineers and possibly civilian scientists. When state troopers and Air Force personnel searched the woods, they reportedly found absolutely nothing. A subsequent addition in the tribute review bore the headline, Searchers Failed to Find Object. Authorities discounted proposed explanations such as a plane crash, errant missile test, or re-entering satellite debris, and generally assumed it to be a meteor. Astronomer Paul Anier said the fireball was likely to have been a meteor entering the Earth's atmosphere. Geophysicist George Withrillo 
discounted the speculations that it was debris from a satellite and agreed that the reports were probably due to a meteor. Astronomers William P. Biddleman and Fred Hess said it undoubtedly was a meteor bolide. A spokesman for the Department of Defense in Washington said first reports indicated the reported fireball was a natural phenomenon. And many references such as space expert and skeptic James Oberg proposed the Cosmos 96 explanation in 1991 and advocated it in a 1998 Pittsburgh Post-Gazette article on the Kecksburg case. Metal debris fall and recoveries were reported in or near El Raya, Ohio, and Livonia, Jackson, and Battle Creek, Michigan. Example sources were Chicago Tribune and Baltimore Sun, December 11, 1965. The Spokesman Review, December 10, 1965, UFO starts many fires, according to Chicago Tribune on December 11th. Flaming streak across the sky, identified as a great meteor. Could it be a UFO cover-up? I mean, there's so many references and sources that have done the research on this incident. They have gone to the location and talked to survivors, people who were young when they witnessed it or who were at a certain age when they witnessed it, and now they are old and they are able to share their stories with researchers, investigators, journalists, and take the articles that were written at the time that it happened and come to their own conclusion. And of course, television and film has given us stories on this incident. In 1990, the NBC television show Unsolved Mysteries aired an episode partially devoted to the incident. The episode suggested an extraterrestrial craft had crashed it quoted local residents at the time who said they had found an object in the woods shaped like an acorn and about as large as a Volkswagen Beetle, bearing writing resembling Egyptian hieroglyphics, which was subsequently removed in a secret military operation. A prop from that show remains on display in the village of Kecksburg. In 2003, the Sci-Fi Channel aired a two-hour documentary, The New Roswell, Kecksburg Exposed, hosted by Bryant Gumbel. In it, Kecksburg resident John Hayes said that as ten, a 10-year-old boy, he saw a flatbed truck emerging from the site near his house, carrying something the size of a Volkswagen, an exact replication of the claims he made in the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries Season 3 in 1990. And in 2008, an episode of the Discovery Channel series Nazi UFO Conspiracy suggested the incident was the recovery of an alleged Nazi UFO called Die Glock, the bell. Now, History Channel also has UFO Hunters, the show that was on in 2009 to 2013, suggested a military conspiracy and cover-up was related to the incident. And, of course, Ancient Aliens, also from History Channel, suggested the alleged Nazi secret weapon Die Glock was recovered at Kecksburg, prompting a government conspiracy and cover-up due to the fact that it was Nazi technology that showed up in a village in Pennsylvania, United States of America in about 20 years after World War II ended. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Fantastic.
Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. Hey, welcome back. Now I'm moving on to the next topic at hand. Something that we're all more than familiar with. That has been a part of UFO lore for almost 70 years, if not a little over. It happened in 1947. Now, July 8th was the 75th anniversary of the world's most famous UFO case that just won't go away. The Roswell Incident. 75 years ago, a mysterious discovery on a United States ranch land triggered the world's most famous UFO or unidentified flying object case known to man. On July 8, 1947, a UFO in the city of Roswell, New Mexico, ran a story about a United States military confirming debris about a crashed flying disc or flying saucer or bogey. Even a Foo Fighter, you can call it one or the other. It had been found in the area weeks earlier, despite a statement from the U.S. Air Force the next day that the wreckage composed of metallic-looking objects, including rubber strips, tinfoil, and sticks, which was made from a weather balloon, allegedly. The events had captured global attention. Former NASA chief historian Roger Lantinios told Nine News the flying saucer report was initially put out by the U.S. military for expediency. Apparently, it was better from the United States Air Force's perspective that there was a crashed alien spacecraft out there than to tell the truth, he said. But it triggered a media frenzy. Officials in Roswell were inundated by journalists. The red herring was an attempt to divert the public gaze from the U.S. military top-secret project Mogul, involving high-altitude reconnaissance balloons, much larger than a conventional weather balloon. A typical Mogul balloon was twice as tall as the Statue of Liberty. They were developed by the U.S. to spy on Soviet Russia's atomic bomb program, allegedly. A flying saucer was easier to admit than Project Mogul, Linau said. In 1947, at the early stages of the Cold War, truth was not a priority for the United States government, he said. But if the military hoped to dispel interest in Roswell with its insistence, a balloon had crashed, supported in an official 1948 report. It reignited decades later. 
We get to the late 1970s and early 1980s, and that period saw a real spike in extraterrestrial interest, from movies to books and other things, Lenau said. Among the most outlandish claims was a film released in 1995, apparently showing autopsies of alien bodies recovered at Roswell and moved to the Pentagon's top-secret Area 51 site in Nevada. That was later proved to be a fake. After two years later, former U.S. Army Public Affairs Officer Walter Hott said at the Roswell incident in 1947, We had in our possession a flying saucer. Lenau says claims such as these resulted in the Roswell incident getting better with time. It also spawned books and films, television shows, such as The X-Files, determined to squash the frenzy. The U.S. Air Force released an exhaustive report in 1994 titled The Roswell Report, Case Closed. But despite the document offering numerous explanations to the claims of UFO conspiracy theories, including that the reported bodies of crashed, were actual crash dummies used in balloon testing, rumors of a cover-up continued. The city of Roswell, meanwhile, cashed in on its fame and continues to today. It now is home to a UFO museum, remains a major destination for alien enthusiasts looking for more evidence of their beliefs. Others, such as Lanaus, insists UFO sightings can be judged on the evidence at hand. They're simply unidentified things you see in the sky. We've all probably seen them. That doesn't make us crazy, he said. And if you look long enough, you'll probably eventually figure out what it is you're looking at. It's not extraterrestrials. Well, not all the time. But he also concedes public interest in Roswell will not go away anytime soon. We'll still be talking about it 25 years from now. And we're back from that last commercial break. The thing to consider just in the United States alone between 1947 and 1960, there were a total of 6,523 UFO reports. There seems to be a direct tie between public perception of the reality of space travel and these UFO sightings. It's convincing that the rapid rise in the number of UFOs reported in the early Cold War era was a result of the heightened tensions as everyone watched the skies for warnings of a nuclear attack. But even in the Roswell incident, it could be explained by a military program. Subsequent events in the skies still remain a mystery. Only July 19, 1952, almost exactly five years after Brazel reported the strange debris on his ranch, a series of UFO sightings occurred over Washington, D.C. Go to Google, look this video up, or YouTube. It is mind-boggling. Airline pilots reported seeing flashes of light streaking across the sky, and radar operators were perplexed by fast-moving blips on their screens. The Air Force scrambled jets to intercept the objects, which disappeared and never returned. The event 70 years ago has never been explained. The people who encountered the remains of the craft, the people who discovered the fragments and debris from a crashed UFO, told stories and shared with their family stories that continue to roll around to this day. 
that they had the fragments in their home. There were large sheets and pieces of metal that seemingly you could squeeze in your hand and it would crunch up like a tinfoil ball. But then it would slowly straighten itself out and be completely flat and shiny, just as shiny as it was when they discovered it in the desert. Or those who exposed some of the fragments to heat to see what it would do. And it automatically would turn to a liquid form. And then they'd take the heat off of it. And it would flatten back out to the thick metal sheet that it was before. Weather balloons simply did not do that. Have never done that. You can't expose it to heat to the point where it becomes liquefied. And then it flattens itself back out and reshapes. Uh, that's, that's a higher form of technology that at that time did not exist from any world government or any scientific agency. And there are so many unanswered questions that we'll probably never have fully answered within our lifetime. When the debris was transported to the Fort Worth Army Airfield in Texas where military experts proclaimed it was from a crashed weather balloon. However, before that pronouncement was relayed back to Roswell, New Mexico, the base sent out the news release about finding a flying saucer. And everything on July 5th, when Brazel, the owner of the ranch, headed to Corona on a Saturday night and learned that everyone else had been talking about it, he began to wonder whether there was a connection. On Monday, he gathered up the strange material and traveled back into town to inform local officials of his discovery. The sheriff visited Brazel's ranch, then contacted the military. And a majority of those pieces ended up in Wright Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, as well as Area 51, before it got the name Area 51. It was Gloom Lake. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the Sirius XM Platinum VIP Plan. Our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer detail supply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. Oh, how nice. You've returned for more. I have the real story behind the myth of Area 51. There might not be aliens in America's favorite famous top-secret military base, but what is there is just as interesting. For decades, Nevada's Area 51 Air Force facility has represented the eye of a conspiratorial hurricane that swirls around the evidence that aliens and their technology exist and are hiding behind the walls, books, TV shows, and even massive online raids, have tried to glimpse beyond its stark signs warning against trespassers, who could be shot on sight. While aliens aren't taking up residence in the compound, 
what is going on there is just as interesting. In the middle of the barren Nevada desert, there's a dusty, unmarked road that leads to the front gate of Area 51. It's protected by little more than a chain-link fence, a boom gate, and intimidating trespassing signs. One would think that America's most mythicized top-secret military base would be under closer guard, but make no mistake, they are indeed watching. Beyond the gate, cameras see every angle. On the distant hilltop, there's a white pickup truck with a tented windshield peering down on everything below. Locals say the base knows every desert, tortoise, and jackrabbit that hops the fence. Others claim that there are embedded sensors on the approaching road. What exactly goes on inside of Area 51 has led to decades of widespread speculation. There are, of course, the alien conspiracies that galactic visitors are tucked away somewhere inside. One of the more colorful rumors insists that the infamous 1947 Roswell crash was actually a Soviet aircraft piloted by mutated midgets, and the wreckage remains on the grounds of Area 51. Some even believe that the U.S. government filmed the 1969 moon landing in one of the base's hangars. For all of the myths and legends, what's true is that Area 51 is indeed very real, and still very active. There may not be aliens or a moon landing movie set inside those fences, but something is in fact going on. And only a select few are privy to what's happening further down that closely monitored, windswept Nevada road. The forbidden aspect of Area 51 is what makes people want to know what's there says aerospace historian and author Peter Merlin, who's been researching Area 51 for more than three decades. And there sure is still a lot going on there. The origins of the mystery. The beginning of Area 51 is directly related to the development of the U-2 reconnaissance aircraft. After World War II, the Soviet Union lowered the Iron Curtain around themselves and the rest of the Eastern Bloc, creating a near-intelligence blackout to the rest of the world. When the Soviets backed North Korea's invasion of South Korea in June 1950, it became increasingly clear that the Kremlin would aggressively expand its influence. America worried about the USSR's technology, intentions, and ability to launch a surprise attack. Only a decade removed from the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. In the early 1950s, the U.S. Navy and U.S. Air Force sent low-flying aircraft on reconnaissance missions over the USSR, but they were at constant risk of being shot down. In November 1954, President Eisenhower approved the secret development of a high-altitude reconnaissance aircraft called the U-2 program. One of the first orders of business was to track down a remote covert location for training and testing. They found this in the southern Nevada desert near a salt flat known as Groom Lake, which had once been a World War II aerial gunnery range for Army Air Corps pilots. Known by its map designation as Area 51, this middle-of-nowhere site became a new top-secret military base. To convince workers to come, Kelly Johnson, one of the leading engineers in the U-2 project, gave it a more enticing name. Paradise Ranch. People like Bob Lazar, 
and Whitley Strieber can definitely feel vindicated considering Bob Lazar's involvement in projects at Area 51. He was at a higher security clearance than most people who have come out of that and retired from it and have spoken openly about Area 51. There are things that he saw and projects he worked on that are so above top secret that not even most presidents who have gone in and out of office have ever heard of them. And Bob Lazar was sorely discredited and dragged through the coals after he came forward and talked openly about his time at Area 51, how he got in, what he saw, what he did, what he worked on. And it wasn't until two years ago when the Pentagon finally confirmed, yes, UFOs are real. We've been watching them for decades. We don't know where they come from. We don't know why they're here. And we don't know where they are going. And no country has ownership over these flying, unidentified craft. But they acknowledged, finally, that it does indeed happen. The reality of this is that the truth is still very much out there. Today, Area 51 is still very much in use. According to Google Earth, new construction and expansions are continuously happening. On most early mornings, eagle-eyed visitors can spot strange lights in the sky moving up and down. It might not be a UFO. It's actually the semi-secret contract communicator airline using the call sign Janet that transports workers from Las Vegas McCarran Airport to the base of Area 51. The windows of that plane are always blacked out, or some of them fly in without windows on the side. As for what's happening these days in America's most secretive military base, few know for sure. Merlin has some educated guesses, including improved stealth technology, advanced weapons, electronic warfare systems, and in particular unmanned area vehicles. Chris Pocock, noted U2 historian and author of several books about the matter, told Popular Mechanics he thinks classified aircraft, more exotic forms of radio communication, directed energy weapons, and lasers are currently under development at the base. Thanks, and that's all I have for this week. I hope you learned a little bit about the Roswell incident, the Kicksburg UFO encounter, the crash, and Area 51. The myth and the mystery and the history of this military installation. Have a great weekend, and I will see you next time on Paranormally Speaking. I'm your host, Neil Parks. Be good to yourself and be good to those around you.